Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. A warmer fellow you low. Welcome to Love you Las Vegas. For Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops, and now a part of the Eastern Family of Podcasts. And we do have a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We're going to be joined by Terrence Oglesby. He does a great job. Over there at the Field of 68, a great college basketball analyst as he used to play at Clemson back in the day, being a sharpshooter for them. Now he's a sharpshooter when it comes to his basketball analysis, and we're going to be joined by him in the second segment, taking a look at the moves that have been made by ACC schools, and a couple guys from the ACC have decided to enter into the transfer portal. Also, we wound up seeing some very notable big men move in the transfer portal over the last week or so, so we're going to be chatting with him about that, and we've also wound up going through the rabbit hole of name, image, and likeness, and if it could be a case in which these schools that they do have billion-dollar boosters, I wind up throwing out there the example of Jerry Jones with Arkansas and all that good stuff, if that could wind up being a big-time factor when it comes to some of these NIL deals, what's all going on with that? Because I do think that it is worth talking about. It is a case in which you got to be evaluating the product that's out there on the court itself, but being able to court these guys, to use that word court twice, is certainly something that is going to be coming to the forefront here in recent recent days, recent weeks, and it's going to be something that is going to be a figure here to say with everything that the NCAA is going through. So it's going to be a good chat with Terrence in the second segment. Then in the final segment, did wind up seeing quite a bit of transfer portal movement on Sunday. We're going to be running through that. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to listen. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letter CM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Didn't really get in a lot of questions today, but with that said, we do have a lot to talk about with our good friend Terrence Oglesby. Going to have about a 19, 20-ish minute chat with him coming up next right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Gibbs now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Las Vegas with Kelsey Kelsey with myself, Greg Eves, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guest as Terrence Oglesby does absolutely terrific job over there with the field of 68. He is a former player over there at Clemson, was a sharpshooter while he was playing over there for the Tigers. Now he's just a sharpshooter in the media business, doing a great job taking a look at all these college basketball schools, does a great job over there with the field of 68, and you are able to follow him on Twitter at a little bit of a changed Twitter handle. The letter T underscore Oglesby, his last name, O-G-L-E-S-B-Y, and then the number 22. And Terrence, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me, Greg. It feels like there's been a little bit of downtime, but at the same time, has it ever really stopped? The transfer portal has been nuts. There's one particular analyst that says we sleep in May. I'm not even sure we're allowed to sleep in May at this point because of everything that's been going on with the said portal. But regardless, always great to talk to you, Greg. Man, you never stop working. You got to love it. Nope, there will be no sleep for me in May because I also do baseball as well. And if I slept in May, well, there's going to be a lot of games I'd be missing out there as well. But teams are not sleeping in May either. That would be the ACC. We've seen a lot of comings and goings with regards to this conference. And really, there have been quite a few teams that have been active from this conference. But the biggest one, in my opinion, is Miami. We wound up seeing them over the last 10 or so days be able to bring in Nigel Peck along with Norchad O'Meara and I mean, everyone is giving a lot of thoughts with regards to the Nigel Pack deal because he's getting $400,000 a year. He's getting the new car. So that has a couple people a little bit ticked off. But I think that the Omir transfer, it's not as big as the Pack transfer, in my opinion, but it's a big deal for a Miami team that their weakness was really down low. Now they wind up bringing in someone who averaged a double-double just under two blocks per contest as well. So I mean, while the Nigel Pack transfer is rightfully getting a lot of hype, I don't think that people want to sleep on the gentleman from Arkansas State either. No, I mean, he's a Nicaragua native. He said one of the reasons that he went to Miami is because there's so many Spanish-speaking people in that region of the country. But let's just call it what it is. I mean, we're about as close to pay for play as you're going to find. And a guy like Norchad, who averaged 18 points a game and over 12, 12 rebounds a game, he's going to be highly sought after. And what I think is interesting about the whole ordeal for him is, is he's only 6'7", 230, and Miami has never really had a big-time post presence, at least over the past two years, that can really score down low. Now, is he capable of doing it? Of course he is. I mean, look at his numbers. His field goal percentage is astronomical over the past two years. Even his freshman campaign, he averaged over 12 points a game. So he's been wildly efficient since he started his collegiate career. But it's going to be interesting to see how he translates some of those things over to ACC conference play because of his lack of height. And the ACC has got a lot of big rangy players. He's going to have to use his strength. And like I said, at 232 in order to post up and get around the rim. But if you can't shoot the ball in that conference at that height, sometimes it can be difficult. But you just have to be able to be skies down low. And if he's able to be like my college teammate, Trevor Booker, who was stood about the same size and weighed about the same at 6'7", 232, then I think Miami will be thrilled. But regardless, referring back to what you were talking about, Nigel Pack, $400,000 a year, that is really, really good. And for somebody who wasn't necessarily looked at as a draft pick, say he decided to go overseas and play, that four hundred grand a year is way outperforming anything that he would have had his first season out. So good for him, good for the kid. A lot of people saying, well, he's not worth $400,000. I was one of those people. But at the same time, it has generated so much talk about Life Wallet that he might have been worth $400,000 at this point. So it's an interesting way of recruiting. It's a new day, a new age in college hoops. And I'm, I'm interested to see how it proceeds forward because now guys are just putting their names in the portal. 
in order to see what kind of money they can get. So I'd be interested to see if the NCAA and if some of these schools decide to say, hey, we're going to give you a scholarship, we're going to give you these opportunities, but we're also going to add a buyout to the equation after year two if you decide to leave. And that could discourage some of these happenings. But there hasn't been any talk. That's just an idea of me trying to think out of the box because there are just no right answers right now for what's going on with some of this. It's not quite pay for play, but it's close. Yep. And I still remember one of our good friends, Jeff Goodman, he tweeted out that he was talking to a power level coach and he asked what was going on with regards to pay for play, NIL and everything like that. And power coach said, we all have absolutely no idea right now. And that's about the most accurate way of putting it as it certainly is the case in which there aren't necessarily great guidelines for it, as we do have Terrence Oglesby joining me on the podcast. And how much of a fear is it that it just does wind up becoming a case in which you do wind up having these powerful boosters at, say, a Miami, as we know. There have been powerful boosters at schools like Oklahoma over the years as well, where you do wind up having a lot of money. I mean, obviously the Joneses at Arkansas list goes on and on that they just wind up taking over the entirety of the sport because as much as I hate to bring up this question, I do think that now that we are approaching this, it is something that needs to be brought up. I mean, you're absolutely right. A lot of people were saying, well, there's going to be some small schools like where I'm from. You know, I went to Clemson University and people are saying, well, they're, they're going to benefit the most because it's going to be some of these cars. I was like, well, hold on, guys. I'm sure Clemson does have a billionaire too, but there's not many. And when you go to a place like Miami, some of these really big state schools with high populations, you're going to run into a lot more people with this kind of expendable cash that they can just get rid of. So I think it's one thing that you can look at and be like, hey, some of these places, some of these schools are going to be able to give, they might be able to get a Ford Explorer as part of a deal and be a billboard. Well, it hasn't really developed into that. What it's developed into is developing collectives and getting billionaires on board and trying to get more money. I'm not going to say it's a fear, but it is changing the way we're going to be able to view college athletics because it's never going to be the same, Greg. I don't think at any point in time moving forward is it going to be the same and I think what you're going to see is a branching off from the NCAA because there's just not going to be a way for them to keep up with what's going on I could very well see a power six autonomous situation going on where these schools are like hey we're going to just acknowledge pay for play we're going to give these players money and we're going to you know rein in some of these collectives and just put them under the school administration And we're just going to let them go. It's very interesting to see. There's not really a good way to put any parameters beside it because NCAA is still not acknowledging pay-for-play. So I think that's the scariest, biggest thing as far as they're concerned. Now, for the players, it's great because they can finally capitalize. Is there going to be a market correction? I think some. But at the same time, this is only good for the players, and it's only awkward for the rest of us because we really don't know what to think about it. Yeah, it's just been insane to take a look at it. And for those that are hoping that UW Oshkosh, D3 school is going to be getting too much for me, well, unfortunately, I am not on par with Jerry Jones or someone like that at Arkansas. (laughs) So I do apologize to all you Titans. I will do my best to try to help out that program. But with that said, do not expect the same results that you wind up getting from a billionaire. But with that said, we have also seen some other big-time moves in college basketball over the last few days. And I take a look at the big men that have come off the board. Fadas Amick, he decides to go to Texas Tech, and then Gene Broom, he goes to Auburn. A little bit of different skill sets as Broom, not a guy that was able to really go out and shoot a lot of threes, but was one of the best shot blockers in all of college basketball. Amick, he's a solid shot blocker in his own right, but a guy that was second in terms of rebounds per game last season, two seasons ago, led the country in rebounds per game, and really added an outside shot. 
while he was at Utah Valley, making over 43% of his threes. I take a look at these two transfers for Texas Tech and Auburn, and obviously these two guys wind up bringing different skill sets, but I think both are good for the situation that you wind up having because Broom, he's able to instantly be that fill-in for Walker Kessler, and when it comes to Amick, he's able to have a little bit of versatility for a Texas Tech team that they've always thrived on that, and I take a look at both of these, and they're two of the best fits I've seen really with regards to the transfer portal all off season. Yeah, and you got to admire what Amick has been able to do with his body because whenever he started his college career, he wasn't in this good of shape. He has completely transformed the way he looks. And in turn, it's transformed the way he's able to play because it's opened up his athleticism. And he's got significant size that is ready-made for a Big 12 that has a lot of size. So I think, like you said, it's an excellent fit. I think he's still going to be really good there. And Mark Adams just continues to get it done in the transfer portal. Good on the Red Raiders. And if you look at Janai Broom, who moving forward, I saw him before his freshman season. I saw after the first two or three games of his freshman season because I called their game against Clemson on television. And you do some scout work and you're like, man, this kid is talented. He goes over both shoulders. He can really score it. He's a solid passer. He has a good understanding of the game. I think that is a quality pickup for Auburn. Now, is he the defensive presence as Walker Kessler? No, he's not. Is he the offensive presence of Jabari Smith? No, he's not. But he's a very, very good collegiate basketball player. He's going to be very effective. And Bruce Pearl is going to have to change some things up because he's more of an inside-out guy. But that being said, he's still really, really good. Great pickups by both Texas Tech and Auburn, as you said. I'm right there with you. I think that both of these guys are going to be able to make a big, giant impact as Joining me on the podcast, we do have Terrence Oglesby. He does a great job with the field of 68 and is a great college basketball analyst as well. And as we know out there in the ACC, one of those blue blood schools, it is Duke. And I think that it's very interesting what they've done in the transfer portal because you saw it last year where they brought in a pair of transfers. Neither guy wanted to play a lot of minutes. The most notable one was C.O. John. And it was notable for getting four fouls in that Final Four game. But with that said, was able to bring a little bit of toughness. And you got to feel like John Shire... It's trying to do that once again. He brings in Kale Catchings from Harvard, a little bit of a six foot six camel player, never necessarily tore it up, but guy that's sort of a good at many things, not a master of any sort of guy. And Ryan Young, someone who at Northwestern, right around nine points, four rebounds, was able to do some solid things down low, but once again, not necessarily a dominator out there in the Big Ten. And I think that's really interesting what he's done because I feel like he's just looking to bring in some locker room presence, some guys that he's going to be able to give the team like 10 minutes, five fouls. And I do think that with Duke bringing in all these freshmen and now having them be able to learn from guys like catchings along with young, it is a pretty good system to wind up having. And young, I think that'll be able to play a couple minutes as well. Yeah. You know what? I'm really, I'm really a fan of what Shire has been able to do. He's bringing in old players to go with his young coaching staff. So there could be some kind of bridge between the players and the coaches. And I think Young and Catchings both will be able to supply that because, look, what Duke likes to do is they bring in the five best college freshmen in basketball, the college freshmen in college basketball. So you have all these supremely talented players. you got to have somebody to lead the ship. And that's something that I think people started to figure out whenever the one and done came into effect, whether it was Kentucky, whenever they made their national championship and they had some older guys on that team. Duke, whenever they have lacked that senior leadership they have not been able to make deep runs this year they had theo john only averaged two and a half points a game or something like that and he was somebody who came in and brought a physicality brought a mentality that you need your freshmen and younger players to see and i think catchings and young will both be able to do that and i think it's a smart move for duke too because those are two guys that really put an emphasis on their academics and let's be honest greg 
I went to Clemson. You went to what was it, Oshkosh? UW Oshkosh. UW Oshkosh, like fine academic institutions. Let's just let's just call it what it is. Those are two fine academic institutions. But Duke is still Duke in terms of how they are viewed in the academic world. And I think bringing two guys in there like Young, like Catchings, one from Harvard, one from Northwestern, those are two guys that you can still say, hey, we're still putting a wide emphasis on the academic piece. And while Derek Lively might never need a college degree, it's still nice to see that Duke is still attacking it like that and saying, hey, you can play with us, but you can also get a graduate degree from Duke University as well. Hey, the UW Oshkosh acceptance rate has dropped to 78.6%. So (laughs) we've got that going on right there. So UW Oshkosh quickly becoming the Harvard of the Midwest. I say that very, very jokingly. Yes, we do have Terrence Oglesby joining me right here on the podcast. And well, the UW Oshkosh acceptance rate might be quite high. It's a little bit lower for this school in North Carolina. And we did wind up seeing a guy transfer out of their program over the weekend in Kerwin Walton that you could tell that he just wasn't necessarily as good of a fit with Hubert Davis's program as he was with Roy Williams. He was able to have a very nice season during that 2020-21 season. Former top 150 guy. I think that he instantly becomes one of the more notable names that winds up entering into the transfer portal. I think that whatever school winds up getting him is going to be able to get a solid guy. I know that you wind up seeing him a little bit out there in the ACC. What really went wrong for him at North Carolina this year? Because I just took a look at him, and there was a big fall-off from his freshman to his sophomore year, and I feel like if he's able to recapture what he was able to do two seasons ago, he could really be an impact guy for someone. Well, I think the big thing that Hubert Davis did this season is he put so many different guys that could shoot on the floor and Kerwin Walton being his only specialty is to space the floor. There wasn't as much value in bringing him out there because last year when it was Roy Williams, it was four guys who had attacked the basket or attacked the offensive glass and Kerwin Walton space the floor. This year, he had a bunch of different guys. Brady Mann and Caleb Love's percentages picked up. Everybody shot the ball considerably better from three and his services just weren't needed to the same extent. Now, let me say this. Kerwin Walton's a very good college basketball player. 6'5", 210, can guard the one, two, three, shoots the ball pretty well. Could he guard better? Sure, but at the same time, he's plenty capable. And the fact that he shot 42% his freshman season is nothing to look down at. At over 21 minutes per game, he's not a bad player. Now, is it a weird set shot? Sure, but it still goes in. And whenever you have really good guards who can make something happen, Kerwin Walton's an excellent piece. When you say he's going to be one of the most sought-after transfers, I would venture to say probably in the top 25 to 30 transfer players left. Because one, sometimes, guards sometimes when he's locked in and engaged, he's very capable. But at the same time, this is a guy that can knock down shots. And what's set at a premium almost more than anything else in college basketball right now? It's shot makers. Kerwin Walton is that. Wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to the Midwest somewhere. Minnesota's done really well with transfers, and that's where he's from. Look for them to be a player. Yep, I agree with you. I do think that he's going to be able to come in, and he's going to be able to do a solid job. And are there any other players out there in the transfer portal that you take a look at, and there could be a really good find out there? Because the deadline is supposedly May 1st for being able to enter into the transfer portal. I think that there was some sort of a deadline last year, and it was not followed whatsoever, so... I do have my question marks there. We just talked about with pay for play. We have no idea what's going on there. The NCAA right now, not necessarily looking like the most stern of institutions right now. But with that said, are there any guys out there that whoever winds up landing them, they're really just going to be able to get a stud? 
I don't have the transfer list right in front of me, but a couple of guys that I do know, uh, Alamir Dawes, the Clemson transfer, averaged 11 points a game and one of the slowest teams in the country. And whenever he's able to get let loose in an offense where he can play up and down and play a little bit faster, he was really effective. And he's a high-level three-point shooter as well. He's good with the ball. He's probably going to be put into more of his natural role as a primary ball handler at his next destination. He's somebody. But to be honest with you, there's so many people out in the portal right now. I'll be honest. I'm trying to keep up, Greg. I'm trying. It's impossible. It seems like there's two new high-level guys every day. But one guy that I really like just committed is Brandon Huntley Hatfield at the University of Louisville for the Cardinals. Kenny Payne has shown that he can recruit at a high level already. He's starting to get it done at a rapid pace. They just got a young man named Devin Reed from the state of Mississippi to commit, come in for 2022, who can really shoot the ball at about 6'7", 6'8". But Huntley Hatfield, during his time at Tennessee, was really battling for minutes in a front court at the University of Tennessee that was loaded with older players, specifically John Fulkerson. He could never quite get out from underneath Fulkerson's playing time. And Huntley Hatfield's immensely talented, not to mention he should have been graduating in this class. So that extra season, him to be able to go to play for Rick Barnes for a year, and then we'll see if Kenny Payne unleashes Huntley Hatfield on the ACC because he's big, he's athletic, he's skilled, he can shoot the ball, and he's still young. If he can, if Kenny Payne can get him to play hard for 40 minutes, that guy's going to be a problem, and that guy could be a top 25 pick. I'm interested to see how that works in Louisville this season. I'm right there with you. I do think that Kenny Payne is doing some solid work over there at Louisville, and a man that is doing even more solid work over there at the field of 68 a man that just brings it every time he's on this podcast and is a terrific college basketball analyst. That would be you, Terrence. I know you're working hard this offseason. I know you're over there with a wide variety of platforms. I know that you've done some great work already this offseason. You're going to be taking a look at things throughout. And then I know that once we wind up getting some roster set, you're going to be having some previews and some breakdowns on these teams. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you've got going on in general. Follow me at... T underscore Oglesby 22. That actually feels weird coming out of my mouth, Greg, because I had to change it because I had to let people know that I'm no longer interested in coaching. I love this media gambit. But coming up towards the beginning of the season, looking towards August, I'm working on the templates right now. I'm going to be releasing team previews for every Power 6 team. So I'm excited about that. And we're just going to keep rolling on to year two with the field of 68. I enjoy that being a part of that immensely. I think Rob Doster and Jeff Goodman do a terrific job there. And it's just going to keep rolling. This train stops for nobody. So we're ready to go into 22 and 23. And we're just going to continue working up until the season occurs. Absolutely. Terrence, one of the hardest workers that you're going to find out there in the media industry, does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at college basketball, a former player. So he's got that perspective and, just does a great job of taking a look at all that we've got in college basketball. So big thanks to Terrence for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a roundup as to all that we wound up seeing in the college basketball world on Sunday. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Ghost of Ghost Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Terrence Oglesby on the podcast. He does absolutely amazing work. Taking a look at the game of basketball. Used to be a sharpshooter while he was over there at Clemson. Now he's just a sharpshooter in general with regards to being able to break down all things college basketball and does an absolutely terrific job. So a big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast that we take a look at everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball. On Sunday, as you did wind up seeing quite a few notable transfers, as I believe that Sunday was pretty much a deadline to be able to enter into the transfer portal, and you wind up seeing quite a few moves wind up happening. Efton Reed is going to Gonzaga. Former five-star guy, seven-footer that's able to pop threes. Didn't necessarily do the world's greatest job, but be able to make those threes. Wound up averaging six and a half points, right around 4.3 rebounds per game. He is going to be going to Gonzaga, and Got to figure that Gonzaga is going to be featuring him quite a bit, and this is just absolutely massive for them. Guy has so much talent, and there is a little bit of rumors as to what's going to be happening with Drew Timmy moving forward as well, so those are always very, very interesting to take a look at, but should be able to come in, should be able to see immediate minutes, and it's just one of those things in which there are teams that they always do a great job with the transfer portal. One of those teams here in and year out is Gonzaga. They just always seem to pull out a guy that winds up making a big impact, and Boy, oh boy, I think that he's going to be able to do so. This is a little bit of an interesting story as Xavier Foster, who's another 7-footer with a little bit of versatility, another former top 100 recruit. He unfortunately wound up dealing with a lot of off-the-court issues. I believe that there was a sexual assault, and I think he wound up getting cleared of it. Do not quote me on that, but I think that was the case. He has decided that he is going to be heading to SMU, and if he's able to put it together at SMU, if he's able to stay out there on the court, they are certainly going to be getting themselves a very, very solid player, and from everything I'm seeing, he was cleared in February, so and it's good. You don't want players getting run-ins with that regard, and hopefully it was a case in which everything was all innocent and everything like that, so I will not speculate there, but I will speculate on the player, a guy that was a former top 100 recruit Someone who just has a wealth of talent in general. And SMU, they are looking to wind up having a little bit of a new coaching regime in there as they wind up bringing in Rob Lanier. He was over there at Georgia State, wind up leading them to the NCAA tournament this last season. He's someone that didn't necessarily have as much size when he was over there at Georgia State. He is now the coach at SMU. I think that he's going to be able to do a very solid job. A guy with obviously some very good bloodlines as well, being a part of that Lanier family. So I do think that bringing in Xavier Foster is going to be very solid for him. Once again, as long as he's able to stay out there on the court, this should be a relatively solid pickup for them. Jameer Williams, he decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal, did not wind up making too much of an impact this last season. Right around three points per contest while over there at Florida A&M. Looked like he was going to be able to take off a little bit more, but just wound up running into injury issues the last few seasons in general. Someone who is a little bit of a combo player, has some size, is able to pop a few threes. So, going to be interesting to see where he winds up ending up. We are seeing this gentleman end up elsewhere as Tanner Christensen. He was playing at Idaho this last season. He decided that he is going to be heading over to Dixie State. Dixie State, a team in which they need a little bit more rebounding. And with Christensen, 
8.5 points and 6.5 rebounds per game. He was really able to blossom. 6 foot 10, 260 pound big man Dixie State. One of the worst rebounding teams in all of college basketball this season. Now, what I will say about Tanner Christensen, 3.7 fouls per game in terms of total fouls per game. He was one of the top players in all of college basketball this last season, but someone that from year number one to year number two did wind up taking some very good strides forward, and it was an Idaho team that they were very bad on defense, so that meant that he wound up getting a whole bunch of offensive rebounds, and you do take a look at what Christensen was able to do in the back half of the season. January 17th on, final 16 games. 9.5 points, 7.5 rebounds per game. So he was really able to put it together a little bit late. I do think that this is a very solid get for them and one that we're going to call what it is. They really badly needed. So that is going to be working out for them. You did wind up seeing Reek Okanamu. He has decided that he is going to be transferring away from Seattle. Mr. Rip was able to give the team 5.5 points per game this last season. He did wind up missing a little bit of time due to injury, but Rip Economou, a 6'8 combo player, shot 49% from 3 point range this last season and took right around 3 threes per game. So, I mean, in total, he wound up being a little bit more than 43, so it's not necessarily the world's biggest sample size, but someone who's 6'8 and winds up shooting right around 49% from 3 point range, got to figure that there's going to be a little bit of potential there, so going to be interesting to see if there's a team that wants to take a shot on him, perhaps as a little bit of a sharpshooter. Kerwin Walton, he wound up seeing very meaningful minutes for North Carolina during the 2020-21 season that year. Wound up giving the team 8.2 points, shot 42% from three, 84% the free throw line. Saw a big fall off this year. He just could not wind up being able to hit too much of anything. Still did wind up shooting 35% from three, but just wound up getting phased out of the rotation towards back half of the season. He has decided that he's going to be entering into the transfer portal. Someone who I think can really make an impact with the right fit. And I mean, we've already seen him be able to make an impact when he was over there at North Carolina during the 2020-21 season. The coaching change, Hubert Davis, just did not wind up sitting him very well in general. So he did wind up seeing a fall off with that regard. But certainly someone that's able to come in. And I do think that this is going to be a solid gift for whoever winds up getting him, a former top 150 recruit. So he decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. Saw this with Genevis Smith as well. He's better known as Joe Smith, and he wound up averaging one point per game over there with Seton Hall. Not a guy that was necessarily highly touted, and we've been noticing this. Whenever you do wind up having a coaching change, you do wind up seeing a mass exodus. As I believe that we've now seen four Seton Hall players transfer out of the program over the last four days. Someone that, according to 247 Sports, was a little bit of a recruit during the 2020 season, was a guy that they were taking a look at with just a little bit of a flyer. So, going to be interesting to see if he winds up landing elsewhere. He's got a good six foot ten body, but just not a guy that was necessarily overly heralded coming out of high school, and certainly someone that well, had a tough time being able to get minutes this last season. You wound up seeing Jerron Pierre Jr. He last season was playing over there at Southern Miss. He decided that he is going to be going to Wichita State. A little bit surprising to see a guy from Southern Miss wind up going to Wichita State, but this is a guy that is able to do a relatively solid job with regards to his on-ball defending this last year. 10 points, 3 rebounds per contest. Shot about 33.5% from 3-point range. He's six foot five. He's got good size. He's able to guard up multiple positions, so I do think that he's going to be able to come in, and he's not going to be overly much of an impact guy for Wichita State under this current regime. They are looking to go a little bit deeper with regards to their lineup and their rotation, and you've got to figure that this is a guy that is going to be coming in off the bench, giving you like 10, 12 minutes per game, giving you some good defense, maybe knocking down a shot or two. That's probably where where he's going to be fitting into the scope of things. You did wind up seeing a non-D1 gentleman transfer up to the D1 level. 
That would be Aaron Gray. He was this last season playing at Southern New Hampshire. He's going to be heading up to Niagara. The Purple Eagles are getting someone that last season wound up being able to put up 15.6 points per contest. So he was able to do a relatively solid job there. Six foot seven, little bit of a combo player that shot 36% from three-point range. Niagara has had relatively good success with them. Now, the big thing for Niagara is that ever since Greg Paulus wanted taking over the program, this has always been a team that has been one of the worst at being able to grab rebounds with regards to rebound rate. They have been a little bit rough, and this is someone that was able to grab right around 6.3 rebounds per game. So I do think that he's going to be able to come in, do a solid job being able to help out the team, and despite the fact that he wanted playing at the non-D1 level, I think that he's going to be able to make an impact out there in the Metro Atlantic. So I do think that this was a solid find from them. And as he winds up coming in, you've got Steven Levinick. He is going to be transferring out for Niagara. Guy that wound up averaging 1.1 rebound per contest. And you did wind up seeing 18 minutes per game during the 2019-20 season. A little bit more of a defensive stopper. Just could never wind up getting it going with regards to scoring. So he decided that he is going to be transferring out of the fold. You wind up seeing Langdon Hatton. He has decided that he is going to be going from William & Mary, leaving the tag team, and he has decided that he is going to be going to Bellarmine. Bellarmine has been able to do a solid job of being able to land a few guys that have been able to make an impact the last few years, and while William & Mary this last season, Hen was able to give the team right around 4.5 points per contest. Not a guy that necessarily lit it up, but at six foot ten, is able to do a solid job on the glass, and that is something that is very much badly needed for this Bellarmine team as they were one of the lesser teams with regards to rebound rate in all of college basketball last season, bringing in someone who's a little bit raw at six foot ten into a conference in the Atlantic Sun in which you really don't have a lot of rebounding whatsoever. You don't necessarily have a ton of big men. You should be able to come in and should be able to have some success. Marcus Siones, I thought that he was going to have a lot of success over there at VCU. That did not wind up being the case. Now he's going to be heading back to the West Coast after he began his career at Washington. He's now heading to Long Beach State, and we have seen a lot of guys that used to play at Washington go to Long Beach State. This last year for VCU, just five points per contest. Shot 37% from three after in two seasons out there in the Pac-12 with Washington. Saw 13 starts, shot 38.5% from three-point range. He wound up having, during that 2020-21 season, 10.5 points per game now. A very one-dimensional player in that. Whereas at VCU, his defense still wasn't necessarily that great. So that was a little bit of a red flag right there. Someone who doesn't necessarily do a good job of being able to hit the glass, doesn't necessarily facilitate a lot, but very much a pure shooter. And Long Beach State, typically, they're able to make things work with these guys. So he is going to be heading over there to the beach. The portal slows down for absolutely nobody, and this man has portaled quite a bit as Teddy Allen, he is back in the transfer portal. Began his career at West Virginia, went down to the junior college level for a year, then was the top scorer at Nebraska during the 2020-21 season, and we saw him go scorch earth in the NCAA tournament for New Mexico State this last season, wound up putting up 19.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 2.1 steals per game, shot right around 33.5% from 3 and 87.5% at the free throw line this season. He is in the portal, 6'6", do-it-all combo player. Got to figure that he is now one of the most intriguing players out there in the transfer portal. At multiple locations, has been the top player with regards to scoring, so going to be very fascinating to see who winds up getting him, and with the right fit, he can be able to take a team and be able to win a game or two in the NCAA tournament, so I do think that this is one that is certainly worth taking note of, along with Keontae Johnson. Johnson, as we all remember during the 2020-21 season, had that very, very scary collapse against Florida State in that game, just really hasn't played since then. I do think that 
He was on the roster for Florida last year, and I don't think that he wanted playing at all. If he did, it was like for a token minute or two. But with that said, he was a preseason SEC Player of the Year candidate during that 2020-21 season. And in his last full season, 2019-20 season, 14 points, 7 rebounds, a little bit over a seal per game shot, 38% from distance as a 6'5", little bit of a bowling ball style guy, 225, 230 pounds, very good skill set. If he winds up landing with the right school and if he's able to stay out there because, I mean, above all else, he just pray that the guy's health is all in good working order, that he can really be able to make a big impact as well. So you're hoping for nothing but the best for him. You're hoping that his school gives him a shot that he's able to thrive as well because we always like those stories here as well. Hunter McIntosh, he is a solid story. He was playing at Elon this last season. He's going to be transferring over to Nevada after with the Phoenix last season. 13 and a half points, right around three assists per contest, shot 38% from three. Last season is a career 38% three point shooter at six foot two, has okay size. Not a guy that is necessarily like a physical freak or anything like that, but he is someone that is able to be relatively solid out there in the backcourt, and they're going to need it because Grant Shurfield, Desmond Cambridge, both of these guys have transferred out of the program, and for Steve Alford, it has been an almighty struggle to be able to keep a lot of his guys as well. So being able to get McIntosh, that is solid, though it is still going to be a little bit of a fall off for this program because losing all that they've lost, that is going to be very, very tough as they also wind up losing seven-footer Warren Washington in the offseason as well. And a couple other guys wind up entering in the transfer portal as well over the weekend as Bryson Mazzone. He decided that he is going to be transferring away from USC Upstate. Someone who last year wound up having a very solid year. 16 points per contest, 5.5 boards, shot 38.5% from three-point range as a six-foot-six combo player now. One thing that you fear is that maybe he's a little bit of a one-hit wonder as he wound up putting up right around nine points per game previous two seasons while he was at USC Upstate. Three-point shooting was relatively consistent shot right around 38 and a half percent from three-point range those previous two seasons, so he's been on par with that regard, but he's going to be entering into the transfer portal, and then you did wind up seeing Day-Day Grant, who wound up having a solid year out there in the MAC. He has decided that he is going to be going to Duquesne. 17 and a half points, four and a half boards, four assists per contest, and someone that's able to light it up from three-point range. We saw this on display during the 2020-21 season. On six threes per contest, shot 41% from three. This year, more around 34.5% from three for a Miami of Ohio team that was one of the most efficient in all of college basketball with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis. Now, big thing with him is defense. He didn't play a lot of it because Miami of Ohio, they were just... Downright terrible with regards to their defensive sets. So that is going to be something that he needs to do a better job of for a Duquesne team that they themselves wound up struggling a little bit with that regard. But he should be able to come in there. Should be able to do a solid job. And then Cameron Kimball. He last season was playing at Western Michigan. Wound up putting up right around 2.5 points per contest. Someone who stands right around 6'5 and is actually a native of the great state of Nevada. He decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Someone that tried to do lend a little bit of versatility, but just not a guy that could knock down a lot of threes. Does need to work on his rebounding a little bit at 6'5. But with that said, when he wound up getting some minutes, he was able to put up some big numbers. Wound up having right around 10 points in that game against Eastern Michigan. Wound up being a little bit banged up towards back half of the season. So that did wind up costing him quite a bit. And we are not going to be costing you on this podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, because we are doing everything possible to make you some money as if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you are able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, 
Stitcher, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters, yeah, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're about firing whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Big thanks once again to Terrence Oglesby. He does an absolutely terrific job of being able to take a look at the game of college basketball for the field of 68. Absolutely tremendous analyst there. Always brings it whenever he's on this podcast. And hopefully, I'm always bringing it for you as once we wind up getting a little bit more clarity with where these guys are going to be transferring to. And once we do wind up getting rosters a little bit more set, conference previews going to be coming your way as well. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll chat at you guys once again tomorrow. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.